Hi, welcome to the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. Please make sure to like, share and subscribe if you can. I hope you enjoy the episode. two matches a couple of weeks and in that time whew, quite a lot has happened um, lost to Man City 3-0 hired Arteta and then drew with Everton yesterday um, quite quite a bit to unpack uh, so I think I think let me start with the matches uh, so we played Man City last 3-0 stats were <laughs> shocking 14 shots versus our six they got seven shots versus our one with eight percent possession 672 passes versus our 482 90 pass accuracy versus our 86 24 fouls 24 versus our nine they got four yellow cards and we got one uh two offsides for us one for them three corners apiece what can I say about that game? It was Man City. We were expecting to go in and have a tough time. And that's what happened. We walked in uh, and we got uh, handled um, by a better organized team, a hungrier team, a team that's, that was under pressure. But teams tend to perform better against us because this is their chance to get back up. Uh, Foden started, for example, so Pep was giving people runs. Yeah, it, it was shocking. Uh, we we had one shot in the first thirty seconds, and never again for the whole match, which is which which was, was pretty shocking. Uh, I expected to lose, but not to lose like that. And had it been the Man City of last season or the Man City of seasons before, uh, I don't think they would have stopped at three. They kind of they kind of uh, let go of us. There in the second half but you know what it is what it is um i'm just glad that we got through the match i'm just glad that it wasn't embarrassing and yeah on to everton they had nine shots we had six uh we had two shots on target they had none we had 57 percent possession 479 passes versus their 350 83% pass accuracy versus their 79 11 fouls versus their 10 3 yellow cards versus their 2 1 offside 4 corners versus their 5 it was a dumb match let's be honest uh, I expected both caretakers to come out and, and try and, and leave in a plus uh, try and really go out and win but as soon as I saw Martinelli, Smithrow and Nelson starting I knew that yeah it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bit of a, a slow match shout out to Iwobi for for exiting the field like man what a true Arsenal fan couldn't stand playing us <laughs> so okay a lot to get to firstly Arteta was hired 
anybody who's listened to my podcast in the last few episodes will know that I'm not really a fan of the hire that they made. Um, I think I would have wanted a more experienced coach simply from the point of view of expectations and standards. Um, I don't think the hiring of the coach is something that's supposed to put pressure on the players. I think it was something that was more to do with putting pressure on the higher ups. I think Raul and Vinay hold a lot of power. I guess we can add Edu into that, I'm not sure, but they hold a lot of power. And what happens with a big manager is that, firstly, there's expectations. If you've got a, a Champions, Champions League winning manager, if you've got a manager who's only coached the biggest teams, we expect more very quickly, which is, I think, a plus because we've been coasting for a very long time at Arsenal. Secondly, standards. The standards come into play where he's not going to accept subpar players. He's not going to accept the subpar transfer window. He's not going to accept subpar leadership. There are things that come with a, with, a, with a big coach that you just cannot get from um, the smaller coaches. Uh, and Mikel came in. I mean, honestly, the way I felt about it was that um, we're trying to get Pep light, Pep adjacent. Uh, we're hoping that whatever Pep taught him rubs off on the players. And I think the board have figured us out. The boards and the execs have figured us out. They figured out that Arsenal fans get happy at motion. Whatever movement is done, regardless of how big or how small, if there's movement, we tend to get happy. And I don't think they feel under pressure which is which is something that especially with Arteta I'm not giving anybody any flowers just yet um, I'm not gonna praise Raul I'm not gonna praise them I'm not gonna praise Arteta before we see what happens on the field and before we see what happens on the field for an extended time I'm not here for improving very slowly and that was a good thing about the press conference. One of the things that Arteta spoke about was that um, he's, he's demanding and that he, he needs to do what he needs to do with what he has now because we don't have time. We don't have preseason. We don't have six weeks. We need to get it right now. Which actually, if I must say, he gave one of the most impressive press conferences I've ever watched. Uh, nothing like what I expected. He was very direct in what he wanted and what he wanted to say. Uh, obviously, these are all words, but it was it was a bit. It, it it made me happy that there was a coach that came out and instead of going, oh, we're gonna try and compete, and uh, obviously we don't have the right players. He, he he laid down his philosophy. He laid down his his expectations. And uh, we'll see how that translates. I'm, uh, I'm going to back him because he's our coach. Uh, but with a keen eye on what's going to happen in the next few months. I'm hearing that a lot of players want to leave. Um, Aubameyang has been spoken about quite a few times. Shaka has been wanting to leave since he got booed off that pitch. Um, there was a rumor about, about Laka. Honestly, the way I feel about it is if you don't want to play for us, you should leave. They should cash out with the caveat that if we cash out, we need to get more quality. Not the same level, 
more quality because that's we've been we we've been diddling around in the transfer windows for a very long time so now we need people who are going to come in uh people who are going to i i want to see a team that walks out onto the pitch and scares other players uh which was one of the critiques that they had about Arteta versus the Pep thing and that Pep has one of the most expensively assembled teams one of the most expensively um expensively crafted teams ever he's got top class players uh the 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 depth of that team in terms of quality is otherworldly and what Arteta stepping into at Arsenal is a team that i i really think we're in the middle i i think uh we've got really good youngsters and we've got one or two really good players but the rest of the squad not that they they're bad players is that they haven't been playing well uh if you put our teams out if you put all the teams out in the league and you had them uh pound for pound squad for squad i think where we lack in depth we we may overtake a couple of teams in terms of squad quality uh objectively not on what they've played so i think we've needed a coach that can come in and and coach i i i like the fact that he's he's put a large emphasis on discovering what each player plays like what each player um might respond to he spoke about their hearts so it's like he's a heart surgeon he needs to figure out what each heart has what's wrong with each heart how to make it better and then we go from there which is an amazing an amazing idea i think because a lot of the time um a lot of the coaches you hear a lot of the fans you hear speak in blanket terms uh for example they'll be like 433 is the way of the future is is the modern game but 433 has to be modified towards whatever team you have any any formation uh Barcelona's 433 is different to Liverpool's 433 is different to Man City's 433 uh in terms of what's expected of the players in terms of how they play in terms of their outcomes that's that's the biggest thing i i i don't care for for i don't care for formations 442431243343442424244 whatever you want to play as long as your players one understand what's what's needed from them and two um they they understand each other so in all of my coaching time and all of my playing time i mean i haven't played at a high level but in all of my time the biggest thing was the relationships between the players and what happens when you go into default settings i can make you play like messi for 85 minutes but if it's 85 minutes and we one nil down chances are you're going to revert back to whatever your hard learned um your hard learned habits are which is something that Mikel spoke about he spoke about that it's a habit that they have to form it's 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 habitual and that uh, it becomes far easier when you can expect where your player your your the next player is going to be so for me it's it's habitual but then it's also okay fine i know that my winger has a very bad problem in doing x y and z 
I need to be able to account for that in my planning or at least try find a way where we can we can make that a plus and they work together in my playing time all they've done with us was relationship work so that we understood that George doesn't like the ball hit onto his head he prefers it on his feet he likes to run onto the ball he likes to do this and those aren't things you necessarily coach but they're things that through playing time it was Harry Redknapp that said this that um, he doesn't really care much for the tactical side he cares more about uh, how the players relate to each other because when they play together a very long time what's going to happen is that whatever your habits we're going to learn how to play together and we're going to go forward and be successful so i like the fact that he spoke about that um he he has taken me from a, a negative to a sort of midway point uh where I, obviously we can't judge on past experiences we can't judge on future games either so for right now what he said in the press conferences was possibly the most important press conference possibly the best press conference that could have been given at the time uh it left me very positive so that's that's a good part now we translate it onto the field uh now we translate it into the transfer market now we translate it into the attitudes i'm glad that he also spoke about the fans i'm glad about how he spoke about the atmosphere of the stadium the atmosphere around the club because we're going through a time at arsenal where we're all at odds we saw it with the aftv thing just to segue into it aftv has been blamed for a lot of things and it's it's truly unfair they don't have a board seat they don't sit with the club all they do is allow fans to come and speak um this whole this whole thing uh, this fighting that has happened is is very weird because it's only been happening for the couple of weeks like i don't know if it's a it's a ploy to weaken them but a lot of the stock talk spot talk sports stuff has been coming up and i think whoever masterminded this i guess did a very good job um because Robbie's getting attacked fans are singing against him and it's it's become a very toxic atmosphere we we are fighting each other more than ever um we've been in the negative for a very long time in terms of the team in general in terms of performances in terms of all that stuff and i think what's happening is that these things are manifesting themselves in different ways uh i think that we need to start pointing our questions our anger all of that to the people that actually matter your rawls your vinays your joshes we need to start looking at them and going okay we need to hold you accountable now uh we got excited you got us pepe but you also signed luis and we're not sure what's happening saliba's going to come back um next next year uh tierney's probably going to be back on his horse uh bellerin will probably be feeling a bit better we don't know about um over and laka and all those guys but we probably need two two one or two very good center, central midfielders um to pair up with whoever's going to be there toreira there's also rumors about him but whoever's going to be there we need a strong central presence um that can distribute the ball and then we need obviously center backs man and not just any center backs i'm not looking at stats i'm not looking at it's, it's not fifa we're not just looking at what what these guys uh look like their pace their agility jumping strength whatever 
we're looking at leaders we need leaders in the club we don't have leaders um i'm guessing that arteta is going to take the main role as the main leader but we also need guys on the field who can look at the game and go listen this is not working that is not working we need to adjust jens lehmann i think it was or was it david seaman i, I forget they spoke about that about burnt data for example he's an amazing keeper but he doesn't talk a lot um you have people on the field where it seems like they're lost it seems like they're not sure what to do it seems like uh especially with the youngsters they're young man like we we can't expect them to know everything about the game they're 18 year olds and they need to learn from someone but from what i've been watching these past few matches it seems like we were very listless in the way we play we don't know what to do a sp- a small change i saw from yesterday i don't know if it's 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 mikel who was um who was responsible for this freddy i saw saka playing on the left obviously he's playing left back because we don't have other options and louise was tasked with helping him a lot with terreira dropping into louise's space um i i hadn't seen that all season and, and i guess it it did something good uh but Yeah, uh in terms of uh, in terms of overall we need as a club to come together. We need to get behind Arteta. We don't don't overly praise him just yet. Don't overly praise Raul, don't overly praise anybody. We support you, but we need to see that we're going forward or else what what's the point? It's the question that we were asking the whole time. What's the point of getting rid of um Unai when you could have had Freddy for when what's the point of getting rid of Unai if Freddy's coming in. What's the point of getting rid of Venga if Unai is coming? In? Uh if you could just uh, the way we've been going over the past what 20 21 months, Venga could have had it for that time. But in, in any case, we need to move forward. I'm glad that Arteta came in. I'm glad that he said some nice things. I'm glad that he spoke about the fans. We need to galvanize as a fan base. We need to come together. This is the time where it's a, it's a very delicate time. In, in what we're doing and as much as we express anger we need to also clap when they do something right uh Shaka had a very good match has been having good matches the past few matches uh he's been disciplined i don't know if it's because he's dejected but he doesn't seem to be gesticulating as much he doesn't talk as much he just goes out there and, and i guess puts in a shift uh which is something that i given his his situation it's a good thing so I think we should look at this whole thing and go okay Arteta's moved in we're going to we're going to have to we're going to support him as much as we want as much as we can sorry and we'll see where we go if we don't see improvement in the next couple of months I saw people speaking about his his contract being 3 and a half years 3 and a half years is a long time um I don't subscribe to the slowly does it slowly does it slowly does it if we have a defined vision It shouldn't take that long. It took Pep a year. It took Klopp a year. A year to figure out what was happening while implementing their style. We could see the changes. Um, maybe the players weren't suited to it. Maybe the players weren't fit enough for it. But we could see what was trying to what they were trying to do. In Pep's clear case, he's lucky enough that he can overhaul an entire team. In Klopp's case, he made a couple of changes and signed a couple of money ball picks. that worked out very well but in terms of the philosophy in terms of the attitude he was already instilling that uh, from the time he stepped into this club and it took a year 
So that's that's the type of thing that I want to see. It took one year and they were doing very well. They got the backing. I'm hoping the board gives him full backing. I'm hoping that Raul and Vinay and all those guys give him full backing, give him the choice of the players that he wants, give him the choice of the backroom stuff that he wants, give him the choice of everything to back him fully, uh, not half-heartedly as we did with Unai. And from that point of view, we take it and we run. We take it, we run, we see where it takes us. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I, I look forward to having a strong uh, summer transfer window. I look forward to having a good first half of the next season. I look forward to seeing what he can do in the last half of this season. And we'll, we'll see how it goes as Arsenal fans, uh, as Arsenal people, as Gooners. We've watched our club struggle for so long. Hopefully, this is the turning point where we can switch things around. I have my doubts. I had my doubts. But me personally, I'm choosing to support him. I'll still voice out my concerns. But uh, we're still going to clap at the end of the matches. We're still going to send obnoxious tweets before matches. And we'll see how it plays out. Follow me on Twitter. Ted President. T-E-D-D President. It's been real. Catch you in the next match. And that does it for another episode of the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. Be sure to like, share and subscribe. And I'll see you after the next match day.